Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about artificial intelligence. Philip Washington, Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by Stonehill Wealth Management and WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Check them out. Stonehill is the wealth management firm that I own, where we help clients take their money from now and transport it to the future with uh, AI on not letting inflation suck us in a black hole of death. And WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us are my thoughts up to date on everything that's going on in technology, uh, business, and innovation in the world, and economics. Alrighty, so today we are going to be talking about a lot of different things, but essentially focused on like AI, because I've been having a lot of conversations with clients that I know that own businesses, people that are working in businesses, and AI is like... Like if you don't, if if you're not talking about AI, you're 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 under a rock, right? And there's there's really two perspectives about AI. There's the optimistic perspective about AI, which is a s- small minority, and then there's a pessimistic, scared version of AI, which is the most people that I talk about. Matter of fact, I feel Davos is still going on. I know it's going on this week. I think it's still going on. That's like the world forum for all the, uh, you know, leaders of the world, um, and like. There's stuff put out now that they're talking, you know, that they're concerned about AI taking away 40% of of the jobs. Like, first of all, I always wonder where they get these numbers from. Um, and I'm not, by, by the way, I'm not doubting the fact that AI is going to is gonna change a big percentage of the jobs. But I'm going to just talk about why you don't need to fear AI. Like, there's more jobs that, there's there's more jobs than are, than are ever going to be needed, you know, created from AI. So we'll... I'll deliberate on on my ideas around that, right? But I'm going to go back in history like I like to go because human beings, like, we do the same things over and over again, and then we are surprised at the New Times going, oh, this has never happened before. I'm like, not in detail, but, like, in principle, yeah, right? So we go back to the First Council of Nicaea. took place in 325 A.D., and this was, like, a significant event for, like, the modern world, which was... Back in that day, you know, ran by religion, and it was it was more along the lines of, hey, we gotta like the beliefs that people are having are like um, infinite, meaning like you had a time period where there was like a core belief, and then there was like new beliefs being born, and those new beliefs were shaking the core of the establishment. And so there was a council created that said, hey, we need to decide what books of the Bible are going to be put in the Bible so that, you know, our perspective or our truth can be preserved, right? And so, um, so Nicene Council happened, and that was the, uh, that was the reason, right? It actually, you know, whether that created the Dark Ages or not, I don't think it created the Dark Ages. I think the Dark Ages were going to, were going to happen, and that was part of the 
there's a lot of uncertainty happening, right? And so when they say dark ages, that's just the period of uncertainty where there's no dominant power, right? And so that's another theme of human history where you have a concentration of power, then a vacuum of power, and then a reconcentration, right? So this was around when people were nervous about the vacuum of power happening, right? Uh, but the, you know, the information continued to spread, the different ideas around religion continued to spread, and then a printing press, right, was invented, uh, as another version of this, in 1440, uh, by uh, Johannes Gutenberg. I'm, I didn't pronounce that proper with my German accent, but look it up. Ask Google, Google who can pronounce it properly. But around the time, too, right, the church, again, those were still the dominant leaders of the time. Think of the church at that time, both times, like the governments, the bureaucrats. So we'll just call them the bureaucrats. The bureaucrats at that time uh, uh, did not like the printing press because, again, it took away their monopoly on perspective. And so um, you fast forward to today, and people are afraid of AI and they don't they're not saying they're afraid of AI because of their monopoly on perspective but the reason why they're afraid of AI is like the uncertain the uncertain quote unquote chaos or diverse perspectives that AI will unleash into the world right they just they don't know right so both so the, the themes are you have a concentrated perspective of how the world has looked and should look and will look from that perspective and then when that when that perspective is broken and there's uncertainty in the future perspective, there is fear, right? And then there's a there's a desire for, you know, bureaucrats to control the narrative, right? They want to control printing press. They want to control books in the Bible. They want to control AI, right? But the reality is like, and this is the core theme of what I'm saying, like human humanity is an infinite collective consciousness repeating the same creative pattern of idea generation flowing from a... Uh, like a collective cooperative foundation to dispersion back to a new collective crop, you know, to dispersion, which is like, think of dispersion like when a, you know, when a uh, uh, fruit drops from the tree and disperses and creates a new tree, right? So it, it, you know, back, so that's going back to a new collective cooperative foundation. That's why you hear religious texts talk about the tree of life, right? It's, it's infinitely evolving. And so, um, and what ends up happening is we continue to evolve to, higher and higher awarenesses. And and this is and, and I would not think about it in like long gaps of time either, because this happens subject by subject, moment by moment. So it's continuous, always happening, right? Our our quote unquote collective operating system is always updated. You know, so it's why new ideas are always being born. And if you're closed minded, you don't see it, right? Like a lot a lot of when I'm talking to people about this stuff, they go, uh, or they hear somebody else talking about this stuff, they go, Oh man, those people are super smart. Like Elon Musk is a genius. It's not. It's less that it's less that Elon is a genius and more that he's just open minded. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's he's looking at things through a neutral filter, and when you look at things through a neutral filter, it's like updating your software, right? So you just you're like, all right, here's the information that was relevant last moment, right? But every moment is updating new software because that's how the collective consciousness of humans work, right? And you know, pause. Right, this is like science catching up to this idea that that religious have been teaching for like as far as we can go back, but like it's a collective consciousness is operating everything, right? Um, and so I, I like to I like to break up the human mind into like logic, 
because this will help understand AI in the future of humans. So logic, which has, you know, predictive abilities, right, versus imagination. And so, like, logic strengthens imagination, right, but imagination evolves logic, you know. But make no mistake, imagination or, like, what we're aware of or the perspective is always and will always be the most valuable skill set of an economy. It's the it's the creative energy, right? It's the the highest level of being and imagination is, uh, or for humanity or anything is optimistic imagination, right? Meaning like there's the past and there's the present and then there's the unknown future, right? And the unknown future will always be created through imagination because it never existed, right? By definition, imagination is possibilities, right? And so those possibilities are created from people that, uh, from people that are the most optimistic, um, and I'm talking about the long term, right? Because if the pessimists, if the pessimists took over uh, the reality creation, like we would like cease to be. So, so it has to be the optimistic, imagines of people that continue to create the future, right? It's it's being created by every mind. So, like there's pessimists creating, but I'm talking about the highest level, the ones that continue life as we know it are the optimists, right? And so. I more look at AI as the new books of the future, right? Because if you look at what books did, books just codified information, right? It allowed us to take the information that we had in our in our minds from our experience, put them into books for future generations to learn from, right? It's a it's a big reason why it's easier for me to understand principles, right? Um, because I can read the books and read the history, right? Um, AI is going to allow us to codify principles in a more complex way than we ever had. And so it's like transferring our current knowledge into in, in totality by adding, and it's going to add context, right? So like books, maybe they have some sort of context, but AI is going to be like more dynamic context, right? And there and there's going to be just as many AI minds as there, as there are books um, in the future. And so um, this is just like, this is just what we do, right? I, I I was I was going through, you know, just following my whims on AI, right? Because this is, you know, the other aspect of my mind is right. There's there's books or AI that codifies logic. So, you know, logic is easier when you ha- when you can reference when you have a reference point. But like I also like to use imagination because imagination pulls from, you know, a infinite storehouse of intelligence, right? So I was following I call it intuition. I was following my intuition, and I was going. And I was going, uh, man. Well, if 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 we know, like religion, call it spirit, right? Science call it energy, right? Doesn't really matter, right? We call it awareness. But um, if 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 we are just collections of atoms, right? That and we learn to see through a perspective. Um, so we're we're, ener- we're we're energy, right? Like we're matter vibrating at a lower rate. We're energy. Um, and everything that we create is just energy. And so then you go, man, we're just energy reorganizing energy over and over again, right? Uh, uh, throughout time. And so I went, so I went, huh? I went, so just a bunch of systems, right? And, I, and so I was like, so, so I asked Google, Google Bard is like one of the smartest, AI, you know, I, Google Bard's AI, I like to interact with because it's, it's super smart. I like it better than the other ones that I've tried. But I said, hey, hey. Google Bar, I'd say, is a system sort of an awareness and logic, 
is what flows from that awareness and they're interacting on a continuous loop of information. And Google Barber's like, yeah, actually, that's, that's a great way to think about it, right? Because that's every system, right? You think about um, systems built on top of systems on top of systems. When you look at the human body, it's just systems built on top of Like you go from atoms, which is a system of, organize, of organized information, to molecules, to elements, to like a full human being, trees, everything. Is, it's built from a system. And so um, I think foundational is with AI is you have you got to trust the system, the cooperative components that create created, that's a part of us that created this universe or multiverse. Like we continue to get the thoughts and ideas that we need to evolve the system further. If, and with system, and it also includes like humanity as like the managers of of the system, right? That that we live in, and so uh, in in the in the because that, that's what evolution is, right? That's that's how we continue to evolve. St- Steve and I were talking uh, um, earlier about AI, and if you if you interact with AI, it it's sort of it sort of makes you appear smarter, if not smarter, right? So if, if intelligence is the ability to understand and express, right? Like there's lots of things that we understand that we can't express, especially if you're intuitive or if you're like into art or music or things where you're like, I feel it, I just can't put it in words, right? Um, a- a- AI is a, when you go back and forth with AI on ideas like I did with this system and awareness and logic thing, the interaction allows you to come back and express it in a better way. Like we were talking about Neil, you know, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And there's lots of astrophysicists that understand what he understands, but he packs out a 10,000 person stadium because he can express it in a way that like regular folks like you and I can, can understand it. Right. And so AI is going to allow us to unleash lots of human potential from things that we just do innately and we can't really express. And so we're going to be able to codify it and then share the information and then upgrade the system of everybody else's mind. It's what books did, going back to what I'm saying, AI is like books. And so in the meantime, AI, lots of money is going to be made from allocating resources uh, from the old world to the new world, right? And the generation, the transition is going to happen over a generation or more. And those working with AI to build those futures will increase their overall intelligence. Um, and that's going to give birth, help give birth to the new age of productivity and the more advanced human mind. Like I fundamentally believe that because that is, that is evolution. And so like, here's some practical real life jobs that I just currently see that like, this is not future. These are jobs that can happen like that, that can happen and are happening right now. And they're only going to, get more, and they're going to spawn off new branches of jobs that we can't even think about, and they're going to compound and build into a new world that like, we just are not even able to imagine right now, because in order to imagine it, you have to have a foundation, a system of foundation that's built on this stuff that builds f- f- on the next generational stuff, right? And so like digital goods and services creation. I... <laughs> The funniest thing to me is talking to parents that say, I don't allow my kids to buy, get Robux. You know, I don't, I don't do that. And I go, 
but why are you judging like how they want to spend the money? Like, okay, so you're gonna spend the fifty bucks on a toy that they're gonna play with twice and then throw away? Like, it's it's, it's the same thing versus like spend the money on something digital they want, because because everything that we want is for a feeling anyway. If you just if you break it to the nuts and bolts, everything that we want to do, right? Going to work, getting married, exercising, buying stuff, it's for a feeling. So don't so so don't so. If what they do gives them a feeling, don't judge it, right? That's that's their generation. That's the, that's what I'm talking about the the up the updated perspective. The updated perspective is this is their flex. There's going to be lots of things created, digital goods, services created. Like I'm talking about, give an example. You know, uh, uh, these skins, right? Or like you can buy J. You're gonna you're gonna be able to outfit your avatar in virtual reality or Roblox or video games with with uh, limited edition. Air Force Ones. People go, how are you going to have limited edition Air Force Ones? Have you heard about NFTs? <laughs> Those are that's the practical application for NFTs, where you can create a scarce digital item like money or Bitcoin, but it's not going to be just used for money. It's going to be used for goods and services, right? That is happening, right? Digital, virtual creators, gamers, entertainers, right? You, you're going to ha- just like you have people that design beautiful buildings or design beautiful websites, or design beautiful cars, as these kids are living in their worlds, their digital worlds, um, you get, they're going to be pe- t- people that want other people to create their environment. Um, create video games, right? Just like you create films, create video games. Uh, entertain you playing video games in the world, like entertainment. Like um, like we were talking before, the, the prices of tickets for... A Dallas Cowboys games are like crazy, but guess what? Guess what? You can attend a Dallas Cowboy game in the metaverse, right? Uh, um, or whatever other digital game, right? That you want to go to, and then and then you create as many tickets as you want, but you also want to create scarcity, so there's value tied down with the NFT. And then you can hang out with all of your friends and the avatar at the game, and you get the same feeling. Right, these kids get a, get a very similar feeling. Right, in person is going to be better, but it's going to cost more because it's more scarce. Right, digital is going to cost less because it's less scarce, but the enjoyment's going to be there because that's what it, it's. It, it's the equivalent of like like your grandparents or great grandparents probably judged the their grandkids who wanted to go dribble a basketball, you know, as a career. They were like, what? Right, but like, there's so much. I mean, like, Mark Cuban just sold his team for like five billion dollars. <laughs> like, that's real. That's not fake money. That's real money from a idea that just couldn't be imagined by previous generations. Right, digital developers. Right, these are people that just continue to develop the mainframe that we're gonna live in for you know digitally. Like the, I'm talking about like the, the ones and zeros, right, and stuff like that. Uh, head of digital marketing. Right, I consider myself relatively astute when it comes to digital marketing, right? But I also run a business and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to get ahead of digital marketing because there's like YouTube, there's podcast, applications for all of them are changing fast. You got TikTok, you got all these things you gotta do and you gotta coordinate and it's getting more complex. And and while I can do it, it's now to the point to where I'm like, nah, I just rather pay somebody to like give us a plan and 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 have us execute based on all these options, right? So that's coming. Cybersecurity managers, right? That's going to be super duper important, right? Trading currency, especially when 
everything's going to become financialized. I mentioned before, they're going to financialize everything, right? Equity and homes, uh, digital goods and services, uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, they're already tokenizing, uh, you know, buildings. Um, and with when everything becomes tokenized and digitalized, you're not going to want to invest in everything, right? There's going to be a lot of foolish stuff created, um, i.e. like, um, I'm, you know, I'm, this is just my opinion, um, but like tokenizing, there's people that are tokenizing office space currently. That's a terrible investment right now. People, why? Because like, like pension funds aren't even buying office space right now as a part of their portfolio because like the uncertainty around like how space is going to be used is large. And so it's getting tokenized and put on the blockchain because they can't get institutional buyers. So they're going to sell it to regular people who don't know. They just want, they just say, oh, I, I want an NFT with office space. It makes them feel good, but feel good in return are two different things, right? So, but you're going to have everything being tokenized and you're going to need money managers to help navigate what is likely to preserve its purchasing power throughout a time period, right? So, and that's going to become increasingly important in a world where everything becomes money. Uh, AI trainers and co-creators, right? So if you, if you think of AI as like basically advanced computers, advanced books, and just like today we have people that teach curriculum through books, uh, teach people through, through books, right? But this is going to be um, sort of like you continue. I'm, I more think of it like, Maybe like authors who are writing books, you know? So as an AI trainer, you're going to be like continuously developing the book of an AI mind, right? If we call it the book of AI. Like you're going to continue to update the book, update the knowledge of the AI. Because the AI is going to need context to what humans want, right? You know, if humans are not pure logic, as a matter of fact... We don't even operate on logic as much as we think. Like we're super feeling, you know, emotional creatures, right? And so context matters because emotions are not predictable. And so you're going to need people that continue to update the AI on context of humans to continue to deliver better and better things that humans want, right? So this is why I call them AI trainers and co-creators, right? Um, um, people who are going to, the AI is going to, then AI is going to write the technical stuff, right? They're going to write the manuals, the SOPs. They're going to write everything. They're going to do the work, but you're going to need somebody who continues to update the the system, right? So uh, space, I, for space, I just wrote down um, infinite jobs, right? Because like, like they're going to be colonies in space or outside of space or around space. This is a infinite trend moving forward. But even what we're going to do for the next hundred years is not going to even begin to to uh express what we're going to do in space right because it's 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 going to be so much um robot manufacturers and designers right? i i was google i google not google i'm i went to google bar now and i was like hey like how much are humanoid robots or how much are robots uh that can do the work of humans and like simple tasks those robots only cost like 50 to 200 grand right more complex ones might cost 200 or you know, or more, two hundred to a million for complex stuff. But I was like, man, if you do the math, if I'm a corporation, I'm doing the math and saying, like, I can spend a hundred grand, two hundred grand to buy robots to do complex cat tasks, and I can amortize that out, right? And the level of cost savings I get from labor, right? That's a no brainer today, 
right? That's why a lot of jobs are gonna are already gone, right? And now it's like humanoid robots. Are people doing humanoid robots? Of course they are. But they're like the list of companies that are doing robot um, humanoid robots, and the tasks they can do are crazy. So people go, that's gonna limit enough jobs. No, because they're gonna be people who need to work on the robots, right? There's gonna be the people that need to work on the mind of the robots, people that need to build and fix the robots. I was like, please watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> somebody's gonna have to, you know, think of them like computers, um, and people are gonna need to like work on and build the robots, right? So uh, uh, there's gonna be, and I'm talking about digital, but let me go back to in person. Like in person is gonna be more scarce, but people that are the people that are making money in the new world and lots of it because. So many people are going to like resist change, and there's going to be a disproportionate of money in the people that do. Right? They're going to want to have dope in-person events, right? Because what humans always do is we like to flex on scarce things. So, like, if you're buying tickets in the metaverse to go see the Cowboys play, and that's what you can afford, right? Then, the, then the the people that are able to flex more are going to be in person, and those experiences are going to be like super dope, right? Um, um, and so, like, that's still going to happen. It's not going to stop. So you're still going to be able to create that. It's going to cost more and the profit margins will be there, but it's going to be designed for like the high earners of that, of that time. Um, it's going to be lots of uh, inflation around that, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be inflation for the high earners because they're going to make so much more than like the cost of that went up um, because of the, right. The, the gap in earning power, you know, if you're in these new world economies and investing in these new world economies, right? Uh, using an automated workforce, right? That, you know, I would think about it like a, like think of it like you, like a buying a franchise, right? If you buy a franchise, then you're like buying an automated workforce. You just plugged in humans if you bought a McDonald's franchise. But it's going to be the same thing with workforce. You're going to be like, oh, I'm going to put a million dollars down. I'm going to buy an automatic workforce that produces homes, right? Or whatever. I don't know. I'm making up something, right? But like, that's going to be a thing. And so um, all these things are playing out to build this new world that we're living in. And there's going to be plenty of jobs for humans, right? We're going to, just like a hundred years ago, uh, for Americans, not that much for Chinese, like we live, we we had terrible work conditions. We're in sweat fact, you know, terrible factory conditions. Like labor was just abysmal, and now we have advanced to a forty-hour work week. Like when this happens, those who are in the future are going to work even less and make more, right? And those who are not are going to struggle and and uh, uh, work hard for their existence, but. You don't have to if you embrace it, right? If if you are not afraid of it and you don't fear it and you embrace it, then you could be part of the side that enjoys it, right? Because there's plenty of money, plenty of opportunity for everybody. As a matter of fact, if if we live in a world in a universe of free will, right? So this is not going to happen. But if everybody just retooled themselves for the new economy, like the cost of everything would come down significantly. Right, so there'll be there will be less there will be less money made uh, at the top, but the money will be dis- the money will be spread out among everybody, and the cost of everything will come down because productivity will be so high. Right, so productivity brings down the cost of things, and the the gap in the gap in pr- relative productivity is what creates the wealth gap. You know what I mean? And what creates 
high cost of things relative to low cost of things. But in a in a perfect world where everybody flowed with change without resistance, then we live in a continuous world of abundance, right? Test it out. Like, go to Google Bard and say, hey, if we lived in a... Because I could think with this logic because I'm a math nerd, right? So I can... I'm a very logical thinker. But like, if you uh, have not trained your mind with logic well, just program it just program into, a, into an AI and say, hey, in a perfect world where everybody moved down the productivity curve at the same rate and there was no manipulation by bureaucrats in the middle, right, and things flowed the way they were naturally wanted to flow down the productivity curve, would there be abundance, right? And the answer is, of course, right? The answer is, of course, because the nature of things they want to decrease in value and they want to move towards abundance, right? Like air is abundant, right? Water is relatively abundant. Land is abundant. Like everything that does not involve human, uh, what do you call it? Human interference, right? Is abundance. When humans get in the mix with our control freak minds and we think that we know better than, than the system that created the universe, Right, we create blockages and concentrations of power that have to be broken up to disperse to allow the evolution to continue to happen. And so, like, this is just another one of those human humaning things where we are nervous and trying to control things that we can't even control. And so, like, like in martial arts or in these ancient spiritual things, you go, ah, let me just roll with the flow. Right. And you just you just move around it because you know where it's going to go and you go downstream and like things work out because things are going to work out because humans can't stand in the way of progress forever. Uh, and, and a question popped up. Um, Steve asked a good question for me. Thanks for the trigger, Steve. Isn't that what government does? Exactly. Right. Government go, governments have had different uh, manifestations of, of the dictator mind. Right. Uh and, and, and so governments are the small group of people that step in to say, uh, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this accurately, because you, you want to have a foundation to build on top of, right? So like, so for example, like uh, when you have kids, right, it, it makes sense for kids to be born to parents because Parents can give them a a foundation to build on top of, right? If kids were just born into the world without parents, it, like the learning process would be super slow because they would continue to cover the same things over and over and over again each generation because there was no foundation of learning, right? So like governments are sort of like parents. They're supposed to operate that way. The problem is just like with parents, right? You have some parents that allow the kids to develop their own personality. Parents might say, here are the principles that we live by, but like, you come up to your, you learn to think and come up to your own uh, preferences, like um, around these principles, right? And like a simple principle might be golden rule: treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Outside of that, like you create the preferences for your life, you know. So there's those parents, and those parents raise self-reliant, confident kids that are good, relatively good people that contribute to society, right? And then you have the dictator parents, right? And they try to like impose their will on their kids and their, their kids grow up like very insecure because they've never learned to form their own opinion right they rebel for the sake of rebelling 
Um, they have all this pent up frustration from not being able to express themselves. And it takes them a little bit of while to develop. The, the parent stunts their growth. And so same thing with governments, right? Government, there's literally dictator governments and they stunt the growth of their people. That's why that's there's so much poverty around dictators. And then there's places like America that flourish for so long because like, because uh, it's all relative, right? Like we're not a perfect system, but we uh, allow for individualism and self-discovery more than most countries. And so like we attracted the most wealth, right? And so like when you live in a imperfect world where there is free will and people can or cannot operate uh, in a wise way, right? You get like, you get different express, you know, you get, you know, uh, different outcomes for society. But the curve of humanity is always sloping upward, right? So like if if the dictator or the government messes it up, they get overrun. And then, and then, and a new system gets built that's always bigger and better. So, hope this helps. Uh, until next week, y'all enjoy yourself. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. 